Hey folks, uh, before we start the show, wanted to shout out as we have been doing that we are so grateful to all the new listeners who have found us uh, because the World Cup is here. And with all this increased attention, we wanted to make sure that we support a good cause. So uh, we are working with Amobi Okugo at OKUGO Foundation, uh, a foundation that provides free soccer training as well as uh, financial literacy programs and other uh, after-school education opportunities uh, for young uh, people in America. So we are so grateful to the OKUGO Foundation. Anyone listening to this, please consider giving through our link at wtppod.com forward slash fundraiser. If you give through that link, uh, Ty's company, Cantilever, will match your donation up to $1,000. Please help us use the World Cup momentum towards a good cause. One last thing, uh, no theme song on this episode. We got to go eat some Thanksgiving dinner. So uh, enjoy the sounds of what it sounds like when we record this jaunt. All right, y'all. Enjoy the preview USA versus England. Gobble, gobble. I. I- Aichi, 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 Copa. Schedule Aichi Copa. Isha Copa. Isha Copa. Well, la. Hello, folks, and are welcome. To We The Peeps, this is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty, I'm an entrepreneur. And we let a gnat. Especially on Thanksgiving. Especially at holiday times. <laughs> with the fam. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Insert here. And Happy holidays. Oh man, y'all. We're here now. It is time to preview USA versus England. Folks, the US has played one game in the World Cup. It was versus Wales, and it was a tie that felt like a the loss. The Major League Soccer. <laughs> the MLS is going to and the World, World Cup, Cup final. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Fire finally made it to the World Cup final. The U.S. will play England in a short amount of time. Whenever England. you're listening to this pod, perhaps uh, perhaps it's Thanksgiving, perhaps it's Black Friday morning. Either way, it's the Horla days, and everyone's got off to watch, uh, got work off to watch the World Cup, of course. That's what you're all doing, and we are so psyched. The stakes could not, literally could not be higher. Uh, tomorrow morning. Literally. Literally. Uh, group, uh, gr- tomorrow is the first day that the groups will begin playing their second games, which means Correct. that as of this recording, we have gotten a decent sense of what's popping around this World Cup, uh, and, and how this has been going. So around the Copa, <laughs> let's go around the Copa. Let's start there. Um, Ty, what have you been noticing, uh, most about the World Cup so far? So what I often look for in a tournament is whether it's going to be a order tournament or a chaos tournament whether it's going to be the the favorites showing their quality and uh and progressing easily or whether there's going to be shocks and surprises because of all the different factors going into the tournament like the location and the timing and everything and going into this one we thought there were two theories it could be that because it's in the middle of the season the best players aren't as worn out so maybe they would come in hot so the best teams would be great 
We also thought because everything about this tournament is super off, maybe this would be a Chaos World Cup. And I'm feeling chaos, bro. <laughs> I'm feeling chaos, this is, bro. This is weird. Weird things are happening. And I love it. It's a good, it's definitely a good sign for the Nats. We want weird things to happen because in an order World Cup, we go out early. So in a in a chaos World Cup, maybe we have a shot to to do some things. It's true. A few results uh, that will stand out to folks. Uh, the morning after the USA Wales game, we had Saudi Arabia going two to one against Argentina in a huge upset. There, big deal, big deal. Uh, and then of course we had the Japan issue boys versus Germany, Samurai uh, winning blue, baby. two to one as well. And then. I would also Japanese fans cleaning up trash from the stands as they do every four years and every four do. years everyone yeah. sends those pictures around like it's a fucking surprise yeah it's <laughs> just what we do they do it right at, it happens at the olympics it's, <laughs> it's just what we do let's go y'all uh so, so and then i would also shout results. out a couple kind of near surprises or maybe surprises i thought the tunisia denmark result was a little surprising given how strong denmark looked in qualifying sure for tunisia to get a point off of them and then the uh the canada game yep Canada almost went up one nothing on a penalty. Alfonso Davies, unfortunately, saved by uh, Courtois. Not a well struck. Not well struck over there. Um, and so that that was on the verge of being chaos. But at various points during that game, Canada looked much the better side and showed that they absolutely belong in this tournament. Um, and Belgium is one of the presumptive favorites. So I thought that the fact that Canada was anywhere close also indicates the uh, the fact that this is a chaos World Cup. There's another thing that's happening so far in this group stage, which is we're either in very low scoring, tight, tight uh, games, or we're having blowouts. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that. Is that I, why so, is everything so polarized? Well, I don't know uh, what the numbers are like in previous World Cups, but if you think about a first game group stage game, uh, both teams leaving with a tie is a pretty decent odds result. So I think... Folks are coming in a little bit conservative, uh, and then when they do, when it does feel like a loss, folks are getting a little bit discouraged because if you do go, if you do lose your first game, it's not a good situation uh, for you to advance. Right, right, yeah. So you'd expect cagier games in the first round, but it feels like these cagey games are sometimes turning into these insane. There's like blowouts. a bubble, right? Like, so yeah, there's a threshold. Yeah, yeah there's a threshold. Um, I can't believe Spain put up seven on on. Costa Rica with Kaylor Navas just I feel like just Kaylor Navas versus Spain would be able to hold them so below. Seven, I took so. I I did have a little bit of time to watch uh that game and Kaylor Navas has not played in 5 months. Yeah, he was not, not good. good. Yeah. He gave yeah. up his first the one of the first three was goals like the second was, goal. was a clearly Yeah, he could save He also I think got hands on a penalty that he didn't save. Um so not a good showing from from Kaylor Navas and Costa Rica in general, just looking quite quite weak. So I don't I think that scoreline's a little bit uh, blown out of proportion there. And and there was also a lot of like tactical stuff that that Costa Rica could have done that they just didn't. Uh, they just gave Busquets whatever he wanted, and that's a huge mistake. Um, he can hurt you. I want to add as well that yes, uh, it has felt weird and empty in the stands at times for certain games. Yes. But uh, it is starting to feel like a World Cup, which um, I think is coming from the, like, seeing some big stars. There's something about the, the I think the Germany-Japan game really turned things up in terms of folks, like, 
this being on people's radar, France playing at all, Kylian Mbappe scoring is doing things for it for us in terms of this feeling like a World Cup. And and I also think um, Arab nations having some good showings and surprise victories uh, is is changing the tone a little bit. I think you get some of that raw World Cup energy, even if you think about, um, yeah, not, uh, you know, aside from Qatar, that which felt like a huge, you know, wet blanket uh, or something, a popped balloon. I think they're going to be much um, better. And I, th- I think yeah. they will be as well. Yeah. So, so we've had great showings from, from Arab nations that are, that's turning up the dial, I would say on the, on the party times. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Arab African countries have done better than expected and the Asian countries have done better than expected, which makes a lot of sense given the location. Um, so I think there, I, I hope that that continues and that we see, uh, we see some significant results and breakthroughs teams getting out of the group that we didn't expect to get out of the group and more, more chaos. Yeah. I love also when the draw just kind of lines up like it did in that, the South Africa world cup where the U S was in that part of the bracket with, um, with Uruguay and Ghana and I forget the last team, but it was like a beatable team. So you end up with these weird pockets where just by virtue of how the draw shakes out, you end up with a surprise semifinalist or something. And I'm a big fan of that. I love it. Wait, how did we get to a surprise semifinalist? Because Uruguay got to the semi and beat, you know, beat Ghana along the way. And Ghana easily could have been the semifinalist instead. Um, so I hope that that kind of thing happens again. It'll be awesome. Yeah, me too, for sure. Uh, Portugal is still playing, but Portugal and Argentina potentially not quite as strong as folks thought. I think the Spain score is overblown yeah. uh, because of how that game went. I don't think that's representative. Uh, I think the I, so far, uh, and I don't know if you would agree, but so far I would say that England is the strongest team we've seen in yeah. this World Cup. I think England had the best performance of the big teams, um, though they it was a flawed performance in that they gave up those um, those consolation goals. goals. So I think it's it is feeling like a pretty wide open tournament, which is what we expected. the The traditional powers are less good than usual. The location, the timing, all are contributing to the lesser um, favored teams doing better than expected. And I hope that this continues in throughout the group stage, and we see uh, some kick ass cup sets continue. Cup set. So we'll see how Brazil Serbia goes. That is the last of the first round of games. Yeah, uh, Brazil has the last. They have the last word. Uh, last game of the of the first round where they if they stomp Serbia, that's going to be a statement win because yeah. Serbia is good. Yeah, and they and they absolutely have the potential to yeah. leave this first round of games as the clear favorite in yes, this tournament. Yes. So we all know where where I stand on that. Hopeful. We all know where Ty stands on that. Quite doubtful. Doubtful. More importantly, England plays the U.S tomorrow uh, let's get the fuck well before we do that just any other games coming up in this next stretch of games that you think folks should should keep their eyes on well one thing that we haven't quite seen yet are uh heavyweight clashes so there's a couple groups that ended up with some traditional um powers paired together been looking forward to spain germany for example though the, with the way that germany looked uh you know it doesn't seem like it's going to be maybe as heavyweight as i thought um, so I'm looking forward to some of those matches where we get to see more of the marquee teams going up against each other. France, Denmark, I'm super interested to see. Um, and then also uh, on Saturday after the U.S. plays, Argentina, Mexico. Um, that's, Mexico. That's a cool one because, you know, those two teams, 
I mean, all of these teams never play each other. So rarely play each other. Well, the Argentina and Mexico actually have some some history. There have been oh, a, really? a couple famous uh, World Cup meetups between those two and then Copa America and things like that. Um, so I feel like the teams will know each other pretty well and will be um, will be it'll be interesting to see if Mexico can can pull something off uh, and if Argentina is going to come out angry or if they actually don't have what it takes to uh, to go far in this tournament. Neither of those teams has what it takes to go far in this tournament. Uh, France, Denmark. Well, our people were picking Argentina to win, so consensus has has been that Argentina is a is a contender. And I have I didn't see that personally, but I think that a lot of people were pretty shocked by that. Definitely, yeah. No, I was definitely surprised by it. I thought Argentina would feel stronger than they do. Um, I think at best we see a Brazil-esque Argentina run that's like, how are they still in this tournament? They just yeah, yeah. keep going. Well, it, that would be very reminiscent of the 2014 run where they had like three good players and then a bunch of filler and they just made it, like made it work with a bunch of you know shootout wins and late goals and stuff. I think I saw Messi say this is his fifth World Cup, which is hard to believe. It is his fifth World Cup, as is it is Ronaldo's fifth World Cup as well. Hard and I, to I believe if believe. Ronaldo scores, he'll be the only player to ever score in five World Cups. Ah, interesting. Oh, wow. Messi, that may be the case for Messi as well. So yeah, we're we're it is cool to see the end of this era, um, but we are in this transitional phase, like with the 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 golf world, for example, and the tennis world of seeing like. A generation of uh, epic, historically talented players uh, exit the stage, and we're still waiting to see who's going to really take over and take those those yeah. places. Kylian Mbappe, you're up next. Neymar, I guess. Mbappe had the miss uh, miss of the tournament, the miss of the century. In the first, first game. Actually, um, Ronaldo has now caught up a little bit. We're we're about two thirds of the way through Portugal's game, but he's had a few stinkers in that one. Um, but yeah, Mbappe. And then <laughs> He's uh, a stinky I man. just I just have to shout out, did watch Mikel Damsgaard uh with Denmark, and he's worth every bit of hype. This sure. kid is fucking fantastic. Sure. He's the man. Wow. He's ball he's young and he's bald by nature. He's balding by nature. Wow, Aryan Robin vibes. Aryan Robin vibes wow. for show, and he just plays the game the right way. All right. Enough some about... some babies just never unbald, you know? <laughs> yes. They just remain bald. <laughs> He just, that's as far as he could get all the medicine in the world. The the same hormones they gave to Messi for height, they just p- poked it in Damsgaard's head uh, to try to get some hairs on there. Ty, USA versus England tomorrow. USA versus England. For anyone who's listening to this who doesn't know what the stakes are, um, how would you describe what hangs in the balance? So I actually look at this game as a little bit lower stakes for the U.S., the reason is that England is expected to beat all the other teams in the group. So in terms of our um, potential to progress to the next round, if we lose, it's not going to you know, end our tournament or anything. Um, and that would be the expectation. So to me, I see it as a, as a free roll where absolutely I think the U.S. can get something out of the game. Um, I think the U.S. has talent that can match up against England uh, and if England has a bad day that the US can uh, get a get a draw or a win uh, for sure so to me I, I would just tell the team to go out and play with abandon and you know not worry about trying to you know park the bus or anything but just play our game the best that we can and you know if we have a good day then we can come away with something yeah and I would add as well that um, it's about staying in it no matter what's going on so just seeing this as as a a long sort like a three game one game three games long 
where like just because if you're down by three to England going into the second half, play it like it's a brand new game zero zero yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 the yeah, lower you yeah. can yeah. keep that goal differential yes, yes. against England the better chance you have to go out. So every single minute of this is going to help. I think there's some truth to what you're saying, Ty, that, um, you know, there's something that suits us being the underdogs Mm -hmm. in a way that Wales wasn't really um, historically like our bag situations like that. And we did a great job in that first half. But coming into a game against England where no one expects us to win is kind of our bread and butter. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a classic U.S. World Cup scenario. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I think the, the U.S. team did uh, did do well, certainly better than Wales in that first half, but really only generated two clear chances, one of which was put away and one of which was Sargent off the post. And so, you know, I, I think the team did struggle to break down, uh, you know, compact and organized team. And I think, you know, with all of England's um, star power, maybe one way that we could sneak a result would be if they don't show up in the way that they need to uh, or if they underestimate the the ability of this young u.s attack which i think they surely will i cannot imagine even if you know all the facts i can't imagine uh how difficult it must be to be on that england squad and stay humble for sure i mean they're they're absolutely stacked and i think the thing that you have to remember is that when it compared to the wales team this is a better team at all 11 positions, every single every one. bench position, substantially better players. So the U.S. really should not have a shot in this game, but I just have a feeling just based on the way that, based on the personality of this U.S. team and based on the circumstances in the tournament and some of the, the uh, you know, cracks that we saw in the uh, defense of England they got in cracks. The, the, the end of that Iran game, that I think that the U.S. will find chances, and it's just going to take a little bit of luck to go our way. Um, and it's it's going to also take some competent coaching. And that's that's maybe where the hardest, huh. uh, that's the, the biggest if in so, this entire equation. So yeah, it has come to light as it far as emerged. anyone can tell that in fact Gio Reyna was available on Monday. 100% fit, coach's decision. Yeah, We're going to go for Haji Wright, and we're going to go for Jordan Morris, and we're going to leave Gio on the bench. Hard to believe, y'all. Okay. Hard to believe. So that's pretty stunning. And, uh, you know, if I, given all of that, I would start him, you know, because he's given, give, try and get him 180 minutes in this group stage if he's fit and ready to go. And um, so I sure hope that Greg comes to his senses or the the leadership council has some sort of intervention or something. <laughs> But the, the guy can't get out of his own way. It's so frustrating. He got the lineup, like, so spot correct. on. Yeah, he always, he just has to Greg on him. He's got to... And then, basically, he made two mistakes in the during the match. Mm-hmm. It was subbing too late, about 10 minutes too late. Yep. He needed to make both of those two subs fast. Yep. And instead, he made one sub slow. Yep, yep. And he just somehow decided that Gio Reyna is a worse uh, attacking option than Jordan Morris. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What the fuck? All right. So we hope not for that. Um, I do want to take this opportunity to celebrate this England national team because if they are not playing against the U.S., I'd say for that it's true for both of us that they hold a soft spot. Uh, Absolutely. For us. A fantastic team to yes. watch over the years. 
in in many ways a cultural underdog in that you know the England national team also like GGG can seem to get out of its way over the years yeah, yeah. and a young group of lovable characters I think the England national team started to get really charismatic four years ago um, when you know it was like Jordan Pickford's uh, England and um, that has continued into this one so Let's talk about some of our, our favorite uh, England players while we have the opportunity. So Jordan Pickford uh, and Aaron Ramsdale are both fantastic keepers that I have loved watching over the years. Um, Jordan with Leicester, Pickford with Leicester, uh, right? With Leicester? Uh, Everton. For many, uh, he's at, yeah. Oh, yeah. At, with Everton. Who was with Leicester? Who was the keeper with Leicester that played for England? Uh, okay, whatever. But Jordan Pickford's awesome. He's got a Leicester vibe, if you ask other, me. He's got a Jamie Vardy vibe, if you ask me. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Pickford is hard as fuck. He's hard as fuck. He's, he, you don't want to run into him in a dark alley after, after a match. Ty, who's your uh, current favorite uh, on the on the England match? So they, they have a lot of lovable players, and I think part of what you're referring to there is I feel like to an extent, it's a similar vibe to the U.S. team, where it's a very multicultural team that draws off a lot of the the diaspora. So there's a lot of players who have roots in the Caribbean, for example, and I think that's really cool. How you know our global societies have become more diverse and integrated, and that um, you know when you look at this team, it it represents a modern England that I think is really beautiful. Um, the 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 player, the standout player of the tournament for me on England is Bellingham. Yeah. who is 19 years old. He is he has the polish and poise of a veteran. He has all the physical tools you could ask for from a midfielder. He's technical but powerful and intelligent and reads the game well. And you saw that in the first goal uh, against Iran where he just found a, a good pocket of space. And uh, he's... Really has has the potential to be one of the best players in the world, uh, and he might not be far right now. <laughs> so it's he's scary good. Uh, I love watching his his game, and I look forward to seeing uh, seeing how he does against the U.S. Yeah, he's a classic box to box. You know, he doesn't have that long range strike that Steven Gerrard had, but he's yes, got a lot of other yeah. Steven Gerrardy yeah, stuff yeah, 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 uh, yeah. going on. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, he's like the awesome. second coming of Deli Alley, and he's probably better in a lot of regards than Deli Alley was. And and he's four yeah. years. He's happening four years earlier than Deli Alley happened. And a slightly different profile. I mean, more of a six. Alley more of a more of a ten, eight, eight to ten. He's know? yeah. So Bellingham has come up as a six, but I think what's hap- What's starting to happen is that as his physical gifts are developing, it's perfectly possible for him to transition more into that. You know eight or even ten role at times and he's adding goals and assists he's adding goals this year so it's he's doing it so he's he's the real deal he's he's an elite uh talent but what one thing that's really cool about that is that you know him and geo actually on a world scale are considered not that far apart in terms yeah. of potential you know so that's the kind of talent that we're actually dealing with on the u.s side now too and that's that's really exciting i'd like to call out a point out kieran trippier uh, who is playing in the right back position for England? Newcastle and England. Uh, he's now, uh, yeah, he's currently at Newcastle. Yeah. Spent a lot of time at Atletico Madrid. Uh, was indeed uh, is in a pool of of wing back players yeah. that is very competitive. So we have Reese James, the I think the number one. There was a little bit of back and forth with yeah, with uh, TTA, but Reese James hurt. Yeah. 
Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think... A little bit out of form, a little but here. Bit, yeah. A little bit out of form, but here. And um, so Kieran Trippier in the past... Six, over the past six months, I think has surprised the public yes, by becoming sure. the starter for the English national team. And he's a player that I love. He's a player who quietly does his thing. He's had a little bit of a journeyman career, but he's been on good teams and he's played well for them. Um, and he is, uh, he gives good solid interviews, great tattoos. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, he's just keeps going. He has just kept on, kept on going with his thing. It's sort of like a CCV vibe to me on the England side where it's like, this guy has just, just plugged there. away. Yeah, he's plugged just away. been there, and he and all of a sudden he's vital. And the the key tactical feature of the Iran game was the fullbacks. the The um, majority of England's attack came through the flanks. It came through interchange between the wingers and the fullbacks. And uh, Michael Cox did a really brilliant uh, analysis, as he always does, of England's uh, tactics in that game, and was highlighting how. The, the reason that Saka was so effective was that Trippier was behind him. And yeah. that they were able to overlap and combine and swap swap positions as needed. Um, so I will be watching out for that, particularly because I think um, the, the, uh, the English team will try to avoid center of midfield because that's our strongest position. And they might try to go after... Robinson and Dest as being both offensively minded fullbacks. Um, so I think that that could be a big uh, weakness on the U S side is if they can post up a winger and a fullback against one of our fullbacks on either side, that's not a good situation. So the, the center backs have to be ready to help. And it could be, it could make sense to play a little bit more of a uh, defensive midfield that can help the fullbacks in those situations. I think so too. Uh, moving into tactics for tomorrow, just one last final shout out to Bukayo Saka, who you just mentioned. Uh, uh, just Fantastic. one of the more lovable human beings Lo- so on planet lovable. Earth. You just want to give him a hug. Could have, uh, has a similar, um, had similar options in terms of a national team as Yunus Musa. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, sort of a, also a very international yes. kind of uh, roots and it's complicated and he chose England as Eunice Musa could have so diverging paths there but I'm getting a similar vibe from the two of them they're just they play the game differently but they both have this like this like joy within them um, and another thing that's <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing <laughs> another thing about so, so this have light, you heard of this it? inner life have you yeah. heard of it youth I think it's called the uh, and another thing um, about him is just how genuinely earnest he comes across in the all or nothing uh, documentary about Mikel Arteta's first year at Arsenal or second year at Arsenal. He, Bukayo Saka, the way he admires Mikel Arteta is um, precious. Find someone who looks at you like Bukayo Saka. Exactly, yes. That's when you know. Okay, Uh, watch out for Bukayo Saka. Fantastic, fantastic player to watch. Yes, so uh, to your point, Ty, our tactics will have to be different against England than they were against Wales. I don't like the idea, uh, to your point about England's wingers coming around the outside, I think Rabo can handle that. I don't think Dest is ready for that jelly. So let's get some Yedlin out there. Who can who has that Newcastle experience uh, and who can lock it down and just quiet things down and then maybe bring yeah. Dest in uh, later on? Yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. I think that's a decent option uh, or Scally potentially. Who has? Done I'll a, take a Scally all he's, day. He's done a really good job in those big Bundesliga matches, like as Mönchengladbach has gotten big wins over Bayern and stuff like that. So I know that he's he's capable of of playing lockdown defense on world class players. But the other tactical switch that I would consider, as much as I want Musa to play in this game because of his roots, 
I don't feel like it's going to be, it, 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 I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to do his thing because I don't think we're going to be able to play through the middle. I don't think we're going to be able to feed him the ball in enough space for him to actually operate and create uh, opportunities. I think we're, we are going to have to be a little more defensive and a little more counter oriented. And I don't love him in those situations. So I think that uh, what I would probably lean towards would be, assuming Weston is healthy, go for Acosta and Adams and have them uh, kind of as a double pivot-ish midfield where their responsibility is also to cover the wings and actually empty out midfield. So if England tactically is planning to use the wings, then we can counter that by being ready to vacate the center when needed. Um, and I think that both both of those players have played fullback in the past and are are perfectly capable of providing great cover out there and then you could still start somebody like dust potentially um interesting i would i i agree 100 percent with the acosta double pivot uh also because Polisic's free kicks are yeah, letting the, us down right that's the other thing is that getting acosta on the field somehow is actually very useful because Polisic's it just it doesn't get any better he hasn't gotten any better in five years and he he just like really looks like a dude who should be taking the set pieces, and he's so he's short, so he's not very helpful. Otherwise, if he's not taking the set piece, yeah, yeah. But it's a problem. Like it's he, a problem. We're he had that a lot one of sick, um, the like backspin float corner that he hit in the Wales game, which was excellent. But then the other like six or seven opportunities that he had to whip a ball in, he just did a terrible job. So we have to find a solution. Yeah, it should be Kellen. Uh, the other thing about. Kellen Acosta is he's a tournament player. He's he is a playoffs guy. We saw he's, that in the Gold Cup. We guy. saw it in the Nations League. MLS Cup. We final. saw it in the MLS Cup final in the playoffs playoff throughout. Guy. He's a fucking player. He's built for this. He's not. Is he the top eleven most talented players that the U.S. can offer? Absolutely not. But I trust that I'm gonna get Kellen Acosta's version of his ten out of ten. Yeah, his best. Whereas when yeah, you look at a yeah. Joe Scally, definitely you yes. never know. We yes. could get a two out of ten Joe Scally. Right. 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 Yeah, so I like the idea of shifting the midfield, and then accordingly, I probably would lean away from Sargent, and uh, I would, I would, I guess I would consider Ferreira, though, you know, if if it was me, if it was me, I would go for Wea as the nine and put Geo out wide because then Wea can drop deep into midfield and can kind of operate as a a supplementary he can fill the vacated uh, midfield yeah he could yeah. right he can fill the vacated midfield and i know ferrera has a skill set that's similar to that but i have no idea why you would do that i i don't even know i why don't know he's why here. he's here yeah. yeah so so for me for me i would love to see polisic Wea, geo and then have the plan that those guys you know each of those guys is capable of playing the 10 right so if we're not playing musa but we have three guys who can kind of cycle into that position when we do find ourselves in build-up situations that could be very powerful and they can play flexibly so they can drag defenders out of position. They can swap. So, you know, Pulisic can go play the nine for five minutes and then Gio and, and, uh, and Pulisic can swap to try to drag, you know, Trippier to the wrong side or whatever it is. So I, I like that kind of fluidity and just getting the most talent possible on the field because we're going to have to develop chances with very few players. So I, I think we're going to need our absolute best talent on the field in order to create uh, anything. Matt Turner, Reen Zimmerman. Does Zimmerman get a second opportunity? I give I give him another opportunity. Reem um, and Zimmerman were fantastic. Reem Zimmerman were good. It was just a one one. I mean, he made one dumb off, mistake. One dumb mistake, and I think, 
it's not that we shouldn't expect better, but I just don't see how we're going to guarantee that we're going to get better from anyone else on the team. So, you know, I don't think throwing Aaron Long or CCV in there is necessarily going to solve that problem. And, um, you know, Zimmerman's height is, is great. And I feel like he's a, the kind of player who can learn from a mistake and not have it get in his head. He seems incredibly mentally tough. And I think that he's going to use that as fuel to motivate him to have a better performance instead of being all, you know, neurotic about not making another mistake. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would roll out Reem Zimmerman again. I guess you could make the argument for maybe Long Zimmerman instead because um, Reem's passing is probably not going to be as relevant. But the fact that Reem has gone up against a lot of these players and done a pretty solid job, particularly Reem and Robinson together, have done a solid job on yeah. a lot of these England players. I think that uh, that really should should give him a, an edge that that Aaron Long cannot possibly replicate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Phil Foden is terrifying to everyone except for Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson. Yeah, they've dealt with it. They're, you know, yeah. they've dealt with Sterling. They find they... him exhausting and annoying. Yes. But they course, are not terrifying. Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, I keep Ream. I, disag- I disagree with the read that uh, his passing will not be needed. I think it'll be more needed. Okay. Uh, England okay. is England okay. is very... Uh, they'll be pressy, pressy. yeah because they'll pressy. be they'll be pressy so having yeah maybe that will be the way that we spring a counter yeah like both Reem and zimmerman have like the right-footed left-footed ability to break lines with a sudden pass yeah from deep so yeah i guess that that makes a lot of sense i like that but wouldn't wouldn't be shocked with the aaron long appearance here so so one of those three uh but i'm i'm gonna guess that what we actually see is uh Reem zimmerman again and then let's do Let's do. Uh, l- let's just give him an eleven as best as we think it would be. So, well, should we give our own preference? I'm I'm torn in between. Let's yeah. some combination of both. Let's let's just do our own. WTP our own eleven. WTP eleven. So, do you like Waya Waya nine? Waya nine. So Pulisic. we go Pulisic, Waya, Geo. Love it. Then in midfield, Weston, assuming healthy, Tyler and Acosta. Sure. If based on what I saw on Monday, I would. I would consider Aronson to start in that position. So yeah, it could be Aronson instead of Weston. Aronson just running his, Aronson, his yeah. tushy off. You could you could put in Aronson and tell him that he's an eight and not a ten, and he can play the eight. So yeah, I think that's that's totally fine. And then Weston, yeah, Weston is yeah. as an impact sub. I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and then the back line would be Robinson, Reem, Zimmerman. And did and we then, say uh, Adams Acosta? As yeah, the Adams double? Acosta. And then the question is Dastry Yudlin. On the right. I go Yedlin. I think I like the idea of starting Yedlin. And then also, with the five subs, like I feel like I'm still not seeing the coaches truly take advantage of this. Do some line changes, y'all. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I like I was on record even with the three subs that we should be considering the super starter for certain yeah. such scenarios. So this is so a Western, scenario. This could be a Western it could super be a, starter. It could absolutely be a Western super starter situation yeah. where you only want him to have, you, you want him to not play a full game, but you don't know exactly how long you're going to need him. The advent for anyone who didn't hear 100 episodes ago and we discussed this, <laughs> the the concept of the superstarter is that you always have these, you often have these situations where you know a guy can't go 90, but you don't know what the game state is going to be like, whether they're going to be useful in that game state, and you don't know if they're how much they're going to be able to play effectively. So instead of planning to bring someone on in the 60th minute and then waiting and potentially waiting too long and not getting enough out of them, my recommendation to greg is to start such a player 
and then you monitor them and you see how the game state is progressing. So you start the game with your best talent and you get to take them off at the exact moment when they are too tired to be at their best. So at the moment when their performance dips below the next guy, throw the next guy in there. And the fact and that you have the five subs makes this even more possible. So and it can could... be 20 minutes in, it can be 30 minutes in. Yeah. And a nice thing to add on is that you can tell the player, this is what's up. So exactly. I want, I want uh, in the, uh, another example would be Aronson as a super starter and saying, Aronson, Brendan, 20, 25 minutes. Bust your ass. Just surprise them. Yeah, exactly. Foul, like yeah. take a yellow, yeah. like be in everyone's face, everywhere on the field. Like yes. make yes. sure that we get a good start to this game. Yes. Freak everyone out. And then we're going to... Yeah. We'll bring West the, in. The planned yellow is also huge. Yeah. Because you, you you know, normally if you're, one of your starters gets a yellow in the first 20 minutes, it's a problem. But if you have the super starter, then their whole job is to get the best yellow possible. Yep. You know? Freak get someone some, out. Get some studs up on Phil Foden and make him make him watch his back, dog. Hell yeah. So, so I, I, I love that idea of with this situation with Weston because you don't want him to go full matches every single game clearly he's carrying a new knock in addition to the knock that he came into the tournament with but the guy can give you 20 30 minutes where he can really put a stamp on midfield and and ensure that we are controlling that area so i think that uh that seems like a great plan to me that greg will never do or think of or consider. <laughs> um, you also have to tell the press and the fans so that when the player comes off at 20 minutes yes yep everybody's job done yeah, yeah. job done we loved it yeah yeah, that, that would be quite a moment uh, to have a coach actually do a super starter and have everyone just be like, oh, subbed off in the first half. I, I must have really gone uh, against the players. <laughs> but he's playing so well. But, he yeah. Was play, but yeah, I thought he had a great juggling, but it must be. It's the plan, dog. All right. It's the plan. Anything WTP's else to say about uh, USA versus England? Just that, you know, beyond the competitive aspect of this game this is a it's going to be a lifelong memory yes for every single player Absolutely. that is involved and for every single fan that experiences this and this is what the world cup is for to create yes. these moments where we get the chance to measure ourselves against the best in the world and so it's going to be a deeply special moment win lose or draw um for this young u.s team to be able to say we went toe-to-toe -to -toe with england that's and, right. And uh, I'm going to remember the game for the rest of my life, and I'm sure you, everybody watching will as well. 100%. Um, enjoy this. Enjoy this watch, y'all. And Black uh, Friday. And it's Black Friday. Fam. So another Chill thing, on the couch. Eat your turkey soup. It's going... It, it has the potential to be a game that reverberates around the tournament, because so far we've seen low scores or blowouts, and this one could be a Dortmund-Schalke 4-4 uh, oh both of these teams have goals in them. Both of these teams are going to play to score, and we both have mistakes in us. Um, so this has the potential to, to really be a back-and-forth experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, the, the one potential crack in the England lineup is Harry Maguire, who is clearly oh, not at the yeah. same level. So, you know, Stones has really cleaned it up over the years. He started out as kind of like Bambi on ice, and he developed into a pretty solid player. Harry Maguire has had injury problems this year. He's been in and out of the lineup at, at United. They haven't really found somebody who's capable of taking that spot from him, so he kind of has it at, by default. And he's he's definitely the weakest link within that lineup. So I feel like the U.S. should target him with pace. You saw him kind of get uh, turned on the one of the Iran consolation goals, and I think that the the U.S. Uh, should should go after him and just test him. And you know, 
he for as as weak as a Manchester United center back can be, he is he is the weak link, and there are definitely goals to be found if the U.S. can exploit that. Awesome. I love myself some cranberry stuff. You've got the fancy ones. You've got the chunky ones. You've got the homemade sauces. Some kind of cranberry in a can is fine. I also love gravy. Gravy on this. Gravy on that. Gravy on gravy something on else. Ice cream. Gravy by itself. Totally fine. Drink it. Drink it. I enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> and I love... Uh, let's go pumpkin stuff. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. But I don't love any of that Thanksgiving stuff as much as I absolutely love Black Friday deals. Just kidding. As much as I absolutely love the Nats. Half off Nats, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's all, go, boys. All goals must go.